Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. We talked about last week about this whole process of how God speaks and God can speak to us in so many different ways. We talked about the, the earth and the creation itself and living in New Mexico, if you can't hear God speaking, you need to clean your glasses or something. It's just absolutely stunning. But we're going to start in, in the next few weeks, this week especially, beginning to piece together what it means to have like a prayer life in a relationship with God and, and be very practical about it because in these days, we want to make sure that our fellowship, this fellowship here, is a place that believes in prayer, engages in prayer, and is a part of that because that is one of the greatest privileges. In fact, we call the gospel good news. Well, What could be better news than God listens to your prayers? That's really good news, isn't it? That God would hear you and Jesus would command this. And the main passage we're going to look at today is sort of what I would call a code from God himself. Because the, 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 the crazy, wonderful part of all of this, the story that played out is it's not just some type of religious expression, but... The creator himself spoke the word, and he came and lived in the midst of his creation with his people. And in doing so, we got to see what God is really like in our understandings as human beings, because that's who we relate to more than anything else, anyone else, is is human beings and human interaction. And so he came. And we saw what he was like, and we saw what he did. And this, is, this week, he's going to talk about prayer. And many of you have heard this uh, passage, read this passage, maybe you've been taught in church. You've probably heard it as our father. But I want to say to you, it is a message. It is a code on how to begin a real conversation with God. And so I think it's one of the most important passages we find in the New Testament if there is such a thing. Listen, discipleship is a very, very personal process, okay? It's a process of learning how to follow Jesus, learning to relate to God in daily life and in manner of being, okay? We, we have to learn to be cognizant of his presence, learning to listen to him in everything that we do and learning how to relate and speak to him. And prayer is talking and listening and living with God. Prayer is talking, listening, and living with God. James, Jesus' brother, <clears throat> says this, Come near to God. He says to move close. Come near to God, and he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Listen, it is a time for us to be listening for God, to clear out the clutter of our mind, and to slow down and enjoy beauty. Learn to be quiet in your thoughts. That's not that easy these days, is it? It seems like there is so much competition for our ears and our eyes and our senses, right? There's this competition, every direction, and it's not all good. A lot of it's just very distracting and can take over our thought processes with meaningless, 
meaningless hours spent on social media. Oh, did you hear what so-and-so said? Yeah, that was kind of mean. Hmm. I think I'll see something mean back. Great. And we're, I mean, could any of you go the rest of your life without ever hearing the term COVID-19? Okay, some of you like it. Okay, fine. I'll use it throughout the sermon. I mean, the economy, the inflation, it's just, it, we're, we're, we're constantly being bombarded with things that really aren't as important as listening for God and looking for God and living for God. They may be important, they may be pressing issues, but nothing is more pressing than this in your life and in my life. It's personal. Matthew chapter 6, he says, but when you pray, he was talking a little bit earlier, he said he was talking about people who went out in public, they were hypocrites, and they, they like to be praised by people. And I don't think I see any of those people in our society. You don't have a lot of people out in public praying anywhere, do you? But it was, it was something common there in his country. And he's like, don't be like them, because it's personal. But go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is an unseen. Then your father sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. And when he uses that term, he's speaking about people who have made up their own religion. It wasn't any uh, revelation from God, didn't claim to be. It's, it's these gods and goddesses, and they have to say certain prayers, and they have to appease these gods, and it's really all based of a hierarchy of human agency and minds. He says, don't be like them. This is really a game changer. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, if you ever wondered, does God know what I'm going through? The answer is yes, he does. He says, this is a personal, private moment between you and God. Now, it doesn't exclude us from praying praying publicly or praying with other people. But in this sense, he says, this whole process of speaking to God is personal and it's in many respects, the best way is private because you know that there's no one else around and you are connecting with the Father himself. And let me just tell you and remind you, Jesus says, is that he already knows what you need. He already knows. So we ask the question, does God know? Yes, God knows. And so he knows what you're going to ask. It's, it's like a little kid, you know, when they come in the house and you can see that they're hungry or they need to take a nap. You already know what they need, even before if they don't even know how to ask. God knows that about you. You personally. God knows what you need and he knows what you're going to ask for. So go ahead and do it and be present. But you have to stop for a moment and draw closer to God. Sometimes God will draw close to you, 
But he's always seems to be leaving an open invitation to you to pursue him. That's because that's the most healthy place for us to be, is in a relationship with God whereby we're pursuing him, although he pursued us and called us to his grace. But at the same time, God wants you to be with him and to know him and to experience him. This is really good news. This is the gospel. This is God bringing human, humankind back into his presence by the agency of his own son, Jesus. And he says, I already know what you're going to ask for, but come on in. Let's talk. And this is how. Verse 9. This, then, is how you should pray. If you want to have any higher authority on how to pray, I don't think you're going to get any higher than Jesus. Okay? And this is like a blueprint, my friends. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy is your name. First, first off the bat, the thing that we should recognize when we're able to come into the presence of the living God is we have to recognize his authority and his awesomeness and his holiness, that he is some, this being, this amazing being that we can barely comprehend. And he says, we need to approach him in that sacredness of that moment. So much of life that we live today has nothing to do with the sacred. Anybody say amen to that? Yes, they call him the man upstairs. Ah, that's a dicey no. Just no, don't. Don't say that. Um, it's... God the Father, holy and powerful and unique is his name. And we acknowledge who he is, the giver of life. We acknowledge his authority and we worship his name. And you're honored, he's to be honored above all others. No, listen, when we come before the real and living God, we come in relationship, number one. We come with humility and thankfulness and in worship and adoration. Because I tell you, a person who has a relationship with God, who is humble and is thankful for what God is doing for them and is willing to worship God in adoration, that person is hard to put down and to back off and to, to keep them from progressing. Because the, it's, it's the code, it is the message, it is the antidote to what is going on in the world. Where does all the destruction come from? It comes from selfishness. Fighting, my way, my way, my way. And God says, I want you to stop and I want you to be sacred for a moment. And I, and I want you to be still and know who I am. And I want you to know that I already know what you're going to ask for and I love you, and, but I want you to come this way because this is the right way for you. God is teaching us through our prayers, through our life, in discipleship on how to live more fully in his presence. Okay, verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our greatest desire should be the longing to see things put right by God in his way, by his means, by his rules, by his governance. 
We want that because we want the best. You know, it's not like you say, well, you know, the devil hadn't been doing a bad job. Wreck the place. We set our hearts on his kingdom and his agenda and not our own. We say, your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. A person who speaks that to God is a person who recognizes that they've been given something wonderful and precious. Something wonderful and precious that says, thank you for bringing me in. Thank you for letting me hang out. This is amazing. And whatever agenda I have, Lord, I, have, I just have to know that yours is better. Your agenda is better. And so here's my ideas, and you know what I'm going to ask, but I'm coming to you to be faithful in that. But Lord, show me what your will is. Let that be done, whatever that is, because that's the best. And I want that best, and I want your life to begin to invade and fill the whole earth. Jesus told his disciples that you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Isn't that amazing? Not because you're perfect, not because there's something special about you other than this. Then God and his presence has shined a light upon you, and we reflect that light when we live in his presence. It's like going, how many of you love getting up in the morning and going to a sunny room where the sun is just coming in and you can feel the warmth? Yeah, see, you like, I got a yeah out of that. That's what it means to live in the presence of the living God. That's what it is. It's that sunshine on your shoulder. I, I, I'm reminded of that so many times when I feel the heat of the sunshine. I'm reminded of his presence, that he is here, and he is shining his light on my life, and he's shining it on yours. The saint desires the righteous rule of God in this life and in this world. It means that we recognize his rule, his will, is best for life and its desire for life. And in essence, we're asking him, uh, <clears throat> us to rule us and use us for his kingdom and his work. You see, all of us want to live for something bigger or better. Maybe you've bought into a career. Maybe you've uh, done really well for yourself. Maybe you're frustrated. Whatever it may be, you, you have to realize that that, that doesn't fully make you happy or whole. God intended us to know him and to long for him and to do his restorative work in this place. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. May your reign in my life and in my community. We want your will, your rule, Jesus, your guidance and your power over your people. And if you're a, a Christ follower, a child of God, the scripture says, you want this for your community and you work for it for your world. All right, big thing for us, provision. Our daily needs, right? God knows what your needs are. 
okay? He's already established that. He knows that. I don't know what it is, but I'm a foodie. And I have maintained the body of a foodie for many years. But it's, it's interesting because you have to eat food in order to survive, right? You have to take in calories. You have to eat. And yet, we as human beings with our minds and our creativity and all that God has given us will take something very simple and make it delicious, right? And food shouldn't be boring. If your food is boring, I don't invite me over at all. <laughs> It's something that God has given us. But he says, I want you to depend on me daily. There's nothing wrong with planning for the future. There's nothing wrong with being prudent with your finances. But he says, I want you to trust me. Because day to day, things can change, can't they? And they can change dramatically in our lives. People have lost retirement accounts. People have found themselves without a job. Many people in Albuquerque are experiencing homelessness right now. Things can change. And he says, listen, I want you to trust me daily for everything. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. That doesn't mean that you don't work hard. That means you work harder because you understand where it comes from. But... He says, I want you, I want you to come and ask me. I want you to see that I am good and I will take care of you. And you will never know that if you never trust him daily for what you have. Ask him for guidance. If you need a job, you need friends, you need a place uh, to live. You need help in so many areas in your life. Our Father wants us to depend on Him for everything, and it's the human key. It's the key to human flourishing. Depending on the Father, it means to grow in faith and to understand more of this life. And what I'm speaking to you about today is very simple, but it's meant to be something that is practiced daily, throughout the day. Not a specific prayer, but rather you should pray this way. This is, this is a way for you to experience God on a daily basis. And that's what real prayer is about. It's learning to live and listen for God in your life daily, you. Okay, big, big ticket item right here, forgiveness. Matthew 12, 6, verse 12. And forgive us our debts, or trespasses, or sins, as we have also forgiven our debtors. Make no mistake, forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice on your behalf, my behalf, to obey Jesus in this area. But, but I, I don't know. You see, he chose relationship over offense. That's what he wants us to do, too. But you don't know my family. No, and from the way you talk about them, I don't want to know them. <laughs> but you don't know the person that I work with. They're a tyrant. 
You don't know my husband. You don't know my wife. You don't understand my neighbors. They've done terrible things, and I don't des- they don't deserve my forgiveness. Listen, if you're going to sit there and say that Jesus Christ has forgiven me, and I, I, I love Jesus, and, and Jesus, thank you for taking care of me, but don't ask me to forgive that jerk. It's like, you're off track, buddy. You're off. You're, you're, on, the, you're on the wrong road here. I have come to bring good news to the world, not further the bad news. He has come to bring good news. The good news is I can help you get over that situation that you have and choose to just be obedient to me and continually forgive if you have to forgive every day. If you have to forgive two or three times a day, he says continually do this because this is what being a believer and this is what it means to know and walk with God is to give other human beings a break, period, period. I know. Forgiveness, listen, is an extreme act of love. Make no mistake. And it's hard to forgive in extreme cases such as abuse, murder, betrayal. Really hard. And it may take you and a bunch of friends and maybe even some therapy to get over that. It could be fasting. Whatever it may be. But we have to make a commitment with heaven that we're not going to be those people. We're, we're not going to add to it. We're not going to add to the dysfunction. We're not going to add to this. No, we're going to forgive. Why? Because Jesus forgave me. And he continues to forgive me. And that gives me joy. And how could I turn around and not forgive my brother or sister or someone around me? The irritating people in the world. Wouldn't it be good if God never made any of the irritating people? Make things so much easier. Problem is we find that some of the time, hopefully not all the time, we're the irritating person. That relationship is meant to breed life into everything. Every single thing. Just think right now, there's a person in your life that you're like, ho, 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 ho. And I can say, listen, just forgive them early. Well, what if they don't ask for it? Okay, you're going to put a bunch of rules on it? Or are you just going to say, okay, God, this is how you want it. This is how you want me. And I'm going to do it by faith and I need help, but I'm going to do it by faith. Because if you live with that bitterness and garbage in your life, you'll never hear God. You'll only hear people offending you continually. Anybody say amen to that? It's poison. It's been said that unforgiveness is like giving somebody else poison, I mean, drinking poison yourself and hoping the other person will die. It, it just doesn't work. And Jesus says, it's not a part of the Father's kingdom. It's just different. 
completely different than that. A culture of forgiveness, if we develop a culture of forgiveness, what happens is it strengthens our resolve in Christ because we forgive, and when we forgive, we are living in the way of our Lord, and we recognize the value and the beauty of this in life. We're humbled by the grace he shows us, forgiving us of our sins. And so, in many respects, it should be something that we cultivate and grow personally with the Lord. And what will come out of a forgiving heart? Beauty. Beauty. It's a beautiful thing when you see somebody reconciled or someone forgives someone and refuse to have bitterness eat their heart. It is, it is light shining on a person. It is light shining on a dark place. And we see God's grace and his beauty in the middle of all of that. That's, that's what we're intended to do, period. We, when we obey the Lord in this manner, we have to neglect our own feelings and value the relationship with him and following and doing stuff with him and listening to him and talking to him and having our days with God more than any offense at the hand of another person. It seems today people like to get offended a lot. Hello. You notice that? And you're the one who determines what's going to offend you. Do you know that? You're the one that determines that. Well, I don't like that. Well, that's offensive to me. Okay. Well, just put a lot of things up there on the wall that offend you, and surely someone is going to do it. The question is, what are you going to do when that happens? We're not meant to live in that zone. We're not. We choose freedom over bondage. And when someone sins against us, both parties are bound until there is forgiveness. Period. You want to live free? Start putting this one. I mean, if you forget any, everything else that I've said, this is the one thing that will make a difference in your life today. 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 And you find if you step toward this, you'll, you'll see that this is exactly what I needed in my life. This was holding me back. And then, 1 Thessalonians, our prayer should be filled with thankfulness. He says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is day by day, moment by moment, and it is a hallmark of the believer. If, if you want to make your day better, let me tell you how to do it. Get up in the morning and begin to write out a list of things that you're thankful for. You know? The things that God has blessed you with. Because all of a sudden, you are acknowledging before God and for yourself that he is blessing your life. Even though you may be going through rough times. Rough times come for everybody. But it doesn't have to stop our thankfulness for what God is doing in all circumstances. All circumstances. It's hard 
to keep a thankful person down. Because they could even thank you for the challenge. I was praying before the service today, and uh, someone prayed, and I, I won't mention their name, but the, their initials are SS. Uh, <laughs> he said, Lord, thank you for the challenges. Even in that, thank you for the challenges. And I didn't, he didn't even know what I was going to preach on. Thank you for the challenges. Such a great reminder for us. It's a little bit each day. Jot down and note the effects of thankfulness, the way what it's doing to your life. Note, take down notes and see what God is doing with you with forgiveness. What, what about a shining light to people? What, what about being able to reflect his light? Were you able to do any of that this week? Do you really want his kingdom to come? Does that excite you more than other things? What, what is it? And, and write those things down because God is going to speak to you through his word, through circumstances, through your prayers, through your attitude, and through your obedience. I guarantee you. Things will get exciting in your house. It'll give you a brighter outlook. And your burdens, well, they're going to lift. Prayer, then, is at the core of our created purpose. Knowing God and having an intimate fellowship with him without spending this critical time with Jesus, the Father, we'll miss out on the very reason we're created. One of the things I get excited about, and, and we get excited about around here, is, is helping people get to know God and to enjoy Him. Yes, we want to see people come to Christ. Yes, we want to see people saved. But I want to see you enjoy God. There's so much. He has so much. And prayer is that intersection where all of that takes place in real time and in God's time listening to him. Well, the other way, and we're doing it today, and I'm sure you do it other times in the week, but a part of it is just listening to God's word and reading it and enjoying it and being challenged by it and recognizing that he's not very far away. In fact, he's very close and would love to teach you and to show you things and to put better images and better ideas and better thoughts in your mind. See, all of this is personal, and all of this is good. God is good all the time. Okay, you guys ever heard this before? Okay, let's go over it. Those of you not, God is good all the time. That's right. See, you knew that. Listen, the psalmist said, Psalm 119, I rejoice in following your statutes. As one rejoices in great riches, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. He's saying, I wouldn't miss out. That's what he's saying. I 
wouldn't miss out. J.I. Packer writes this. He said, the world becomes a strange and mad, painful place, and life in it is disappointing and unpleasant business for those who do not know God. Disregard the study of God, and you'll sentence yourself to stumble through life blindfolded as as it were, with no sense of direction and no understanding of what surrounds you. This way, you can waste your life and lose your soul. Tough words, but I'd have to agree. I would have to agree. We respond. Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. Says, he has shown you, O oh, mortal, if that doesn't fit each one of us, O oh, mortal, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? It sounds like God wants us to be fulfilled, to act justly, to act justly, to love mercy. Oh, look, there's an opportunity to give mercy to someone. Good. I love mercy. I love it when people have mercy on me, but we should love it to be able to extend it to other people and find ways of giving mercy. God's happy with that. That's when human beings are doing it right. Parents, does it drive you crazy when your kids are fighting, especially in the back seat of the car? It's the worst. My mom used to lose her mind when she was on the telephone. And, you know, she's a very kind and sweet lady, and I know that she loved mercy. Uh, but I did get hit on the top of the head with the telephone a couple of times. I understood exactly her point. She got it across well. <clears throat> love, mer- love, act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. Okay, God, where are we going? What are we doing today? Okay, God, okay, let's do it your way. Okay, you seem to know best. Okay. It will transform this COVID-depressed, freaked-out world that we're living in that needs it so bad, right? Oh, by the way, I'll give you the stats of how many people are in the hospital this week. No. We got to get our minds on the good stuff. We got to get our minds on the good things. Like they used to say, get on the good foot. Well, I'm having a hard time getting over my past. Get over it. Today has gotten over your past. Stop bringing your past into today. Leave it in the past. Nobody wants it here. Forgive. Love mercy. Do justly. And look around the corner for God because he already knows what you're doing. And he wants you to walk with him. Learn to live in God's story. Work for justice for those who are oppressed. 
Protect the innocent and the most vulnerable. Feed and clothe the hungry and the naked. Invest your time and treasure in talents in human beings. Enjoy and protect the land that we live on. Remember, that was Adam's job. Show the world what the next generation behind you, how to live a life in Jesus and watch it spread. Watch the light come on. Feel that warmth from the presence of the living God who wants you to be free and to enjoy and to do no harm. All right. Well, I've talked enough. And I'll just say this to you this morning. If you want prayer, uh, we'll have people that will be glad to pray for you after service. But if you want prayer right now, I want to pray for you. Like, let's just bow our heads so people, only I'm the sneaky one looking. God knows what you need before you ask. But if you haven't ever given your heart to Jesus or, or called upon him, I would love to pray for you today because today God wants to come into your life. Just raise your hand up. I'd just like to see you. That's all. Anybody here? All right. Oh, awesome. Great. Well, Lord, I thank you for this person who says today is the day. And I, I just pray, Lord, that you fill them with your spirit. Lord, that you would forgive them of their sins and that they would call upon your name and believe and trust in you that you will do what you say, and you are who you are, and we worship you for that. And for the rest, Lord, I just pray for brothers and sisters and friends here who are struggling. We're all struggling, Lord. And we want your victory and your sunlight upon us. So, Lord, fill us with your spirit. Shine your light into our lives. Pour out your mercy and grace and let it flow through us to others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes today's message. We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. NCCABQ.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. So, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have a great week.